Welcome to Build Your A-Team, a podcast powered by Millspec Talent, where we educate small business owners on how to attract, recruit, and retain high-impact, low-ego talent. I'm your host, Freddie Kim, founder of Millspec Talent. I'm a West Point grad, former Green Beret, Kellogg MBA, but more importantly, I'm passionate about championing the values and leadership of Veteran 2.0s in our workforce. Today, I have a very special guest, Marley Anders. Full name is Marlene. And I I met Mar- Marley in the last, uh, there was a Bunker Labs uh, get together, a veterans get together. And I was just blown away with her energy, with her vision and her drive in just building her business. Um, Marley is an Air Force veteran. She served for four years. And after that, she worked in a a number of uh, companies to include Gartner, Salesforce, uh, CompuWare, PwC. And she recently started her own startup called Rocket Data, which is headquartered in Raleigh-Durham. And even just talking to her before this, I'm I'm blown away with what she has in mind for the company, how she's built it deliberately with her 10 guiding principles. Uh, So much care and attention. They even have a theme song we just talked about. Amazing. So Marley, um, welcome. Hey, Freddie. Yeah, thank you for the invite to speak on uh, your podcast. And I am so excited to be here to help out Millspec Talent. And uh, just to be in the room with a former West Point graduate and Green Beret, that scares me because I also just learned you're a boxer. (laughs) That's awesome. Yes. Well, thank you very much. I'm probably like 50 pounds overweight from my fighting days, but (laughs) it's all good. It's all good. Um, Yeah. Is that what happens when we get out of the military? I hope not. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I hope not. I'm 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 definitely getting shame. I'm a little bit stronger, but man, I am not as fast. That's for sure. Hey, you were talking about your ten guiding principles before, um, yes. and very specific about that. I, I'm in, I'm just curious. Tell me tell me about that. How you came? How you built that or, or de- designed that? And maybe some of your favorite ones. Sure. So what ended up happening is when I started Rocket Data about four years ago, it was on the front end of COVID. So what ended up happening, Freddie, is that everyone had to go home and work remotely. And we it changed the way we did business. And so I put together our 10 guiding principles because we were not in an office. We were not collaborating the way we normally did, and we had to trust the team that we had. So what that actually meant was if we trusted the team, they had to understand what was expected of them. So we put together 10 guiding principles that said, look, if you can follow these rules or this the, uh, the guiding principles, then we can support, we will all be marching in the same direction and we will understand what that mission is. One is know the why. It's always understand why you're doing something. Who is your customer? What's important to them? What are they trying to accomplish so that we can help them succeed? But you have to understand why, right? Like when we were in the military, if there was a mission 
The mission was to go from A to B, and we all knew it. But we also understood what our particular role was. Understand your why. The second one was, or is, value people above all else. And, and this is really, really important because it's always understanding everyone's perspective, right? So we had a lot of different crazy instances where, you know what, someone might be sick or someone got COVID or someone's parents got into a car accident and were killed, right? But you have to make sure that you understand who that person is that you're interacting with, value them value them and understand yes yes exactly and this one this one right here really touches home for me this next guiding principle which is called be good by doing good Mm. when uh when i started the company i always felt like we have to give back right i personally am so fortunate in the mentors that i've had in my career the military veterans who have had so much passion and team understanding Mm -hmm. that we have to find ways to give back. And if we can, let's focus on the military community. How do we give them opportunities to learn tech if this is something that they're passionate about, but we have to find ways to be good. Hmm. Um, This is another guiding principle, which is smart people can disagree, especially in tech. Everyone wants to be the smartest person in the room, but understand that we continue to innovate. We want to innovate, but smart people have to be able to have a voice and know that they can disagree. No, I, I just just that factor. I found that uh, in my corporate experience, you know, civilians aren't very confrontational, and and they think that disagreement is like this major bad thing. I welcome it, and I say we should be debating we should have a little conflict because then the best idea rises and it wins so um i I mean i'd love to hear more about your about your guiding principles marley but we have there's so much more i want to learn but go ahead okay oh i'm just going to start with the the, my favorite one and then we can we can okay it's represent your brand and i don't think people realize that representing your brand is also it's not just what you wear, what you say, what people say about you when you leave the room, but it's also the product and or service that you're delivering, right, Freddie? So in the event that Freddie is out there doing work with a client and the work goes bad, they're not going to say Freddie was terrible. They're going to say that company, Mill Spec Talent, was horrible, right? And so that was representing your brand. It encompasses so much of our mm. guiding principles. So I, I know we've got a couple of other ones, but I get so passionate about our guiding I love principles. It. So, I love yeah. it. Hey, one of the other things too was uh, when we first met, you had like a you had like a three letter three number thing about your vision, and you were like, yeah, five, ten, fifty. I don't remember what it was, but that it was just off the tip of your tongue, and people around you knew it. I mean, what was that? Yeah. So when I started the company, I started looking at all the successes that other people were doing. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I knew that I was going to grow to exit, right? I was going to grow to exit and I had a very specific goal and it was 550-55. And if I tell you what those numbers (laughs) meant, I will tell you a lot about who I am. So I'll start with five, which is in five years, I wanted to be 
worth a certain revenue amount, which also meant I would be a certain age. You can figure <laughs> it out by the other two numbers. <laughs> but I was Subtract, very subtraction oh. involved. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to do that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, I I knew that, but that was an interesting thing. Yeah. When people would come on board, I would say, "Here's my goal: five fifty fifty-five. Get on board. Know what it means. How we're going to get there. Let's go." And then a huge shift happened. Huge shift happened in in the company. And that shift was, I instead of caring about the number and the goal, you start caring more about the people and the objective. And we just hit our four year mark. Rocket Data has grown 400% year after year. We've got about $100 million in backlog. And there was a total shift and pivot in our end goal. So I don't say 550-55 anymore because we've blown it out of the water. Mm. And now what I do is I figure out what is your why. Freddie, you're coming to work with Rocket Data what's important to you and the people have become so important in what we do and how we've progressed and how we've grown wait so listeners can you if she rewind to what she said four years she has a hundred million in backlog to have grown 400 percent quadrupled every year in revenue that's uh amazing that's why marley's on this and we want to ask you and what what drove you drove you to do this? So just walk us real quickly from PwC t- 2015 to 17. You were there. That was your last role. You were in corporate your whole life. How did you jump into starting this business? Yeah, you know what? It's so funny you you asked that question because I look back and I go, I didn't really enjoy big corporate, mm-hmm. right? I went there. I worked at PwC. All these big tech firms. And I looked up one day and said, I can do this better and faster and cheaper without the politics mm. and the over-process. Because I felt like I was internal selling, then external selling and external relations that I had to build with my customers. And it was such a hard and difficult grind. And I looked up and I said, I can do this and I can do it better. I know I can do this because I'm building it for other people. Well, fast forward year number one, I had a partner and that was a hashtag fail. He looked up one day and he said, you know what? This isn't, this isn't me. Mm -hmm. So one of my developers came in and he was amazing. And he said, you know, I'd love to come in and be a partner. He was, he became a partner in year number two. And he looked up at me and he said, Marley, we're moving too fast. It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. We're moving too fast. I'm out. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's running all my projects. What am I going to do? I don't know that I can do this. I wanted to quit mm-hmm. and I was ready to be done. And I said, after two years, I have to take a step back and call out mad respect for all those other CEOs and founders that have started organizations that stuck through it and continue to make decisions Mm. and continue to grow their company. But I was this close to being done at Rocket Data. And this was 
right? Yeah, and it was during the pandemic, which had nothing to do with it because mm. we had so much business. Mm. But I was doing development, business development. I was doing accounting and HR and all the things that I know I was not good at, right? So when you look at your journey, because you're you're an entrepreneur, how long have you been doing this? About four years as well. About four yeah, years. Yeah, so you look up have you ever had a moment where you're like i'm good this was hard i'm not doing it <laughs> oh boy don't let's not even get into that absolutely especially in my line of work which is executive recruiting um but but you know for us it, it was you know i could only do this because of my team and that's what i want to ask you about like what is that team these successful hires you made where you were like you know what i can do this and i can crush it yeah, you know what? I've had a lot of lessons around hiring mm. and hiring the same team. And if you don't already know this about me, I am hyper competitive to a fault. When I say hyper, I mean obnoxiously competitive. Oh, no, you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we did an internal competition. And it was a walking competition. Yeah. And when we put this walking competition together, right, we gave everyone access to an app and we said whoever ended up winning could have like their, you know, pair of shoes or whatever. And I looked at everyone on the team when they all started signing up and I said, you know, I'm going to crush you. Right. <laughs> and they all exactly. They did the same thing you did. They would laugh at me. And I'm not they're laughing like, yeah. at you. I'm laughing with you here. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so my name when I registered was can't touch this. Mm. And so when I look at, you know, so long story short to that story is that I ended up getting crushed by two people on my team who were literally running marathons every day. <laughs> For the last week, they That's were running it marathons. That's what it yeah, takes. Yeah, it was incredible. That team is incredible. Yeah. So, biggest lesson learned is when you put a team together, it's like training for the Olympics. Mm. You have to put the right person on the bus for you to scale, mm. to grow, to go fast. And as an entrepreneur, I bootstrapped this company mm. from the beginning, which means I didn't have a lot of funding to go out there and hire top talent. I thought I could bring talent in, I could train them. And my biggest lesson learned is that if you want to run fast, if you want to grow big, and you take that into perspective, you have to hire the A team now mm. and other companies have the luxury of being able to train up, to use those years, to get the right person in the right role, to leverage the right relationships. It didn't, it, we did, it prohibited growth for us. So the big tipping point for me was I brought on a partner who understood me and the scale and the speed at which I wanted to go, who could keep up. How did you and find then, his partner? You know what? It was it was through a network. Okay. Right. When I was done, mm -hmm. one of our big technology partners said to me, You can't, you can't, you can't go, you can't, you gotta keep going. You're doing amazing. Mm -hmm. And I looked at them and I said, I can't do this, you know, because when you bootstrap as an entrepreneur, I was taking zero salary, our benefits were not that great. 
and it was so hard. So I was trying to wind down my customers. I already had like two big roles already lined up, which was I was going to get a nice big salary, great benefits, and I would be working for someone else. So there's a huge difference between that, right? So anyways, um, I found my partner through someone that looked at what I was growing and believed that we could make this thing go. And he he has become my ride or die. Mm. He is mm. he has been my huckleberry. He helps me make good decisions when it's lonely at the top, I, or if I need feedback or a mentor. He's also a great mentor to me because this is my first go round. Yep. He's done this before, but he also gives me the autonomy to lead and to grow and to be honey badger. Yep. That's <laughs> right, the honey badger thrashing around, protecting her her crew. So, exactly. so, so let's say this is, you know, just rewinding a little bit. This is two years in, you were about to quit three partner, third partner. You found this, this person, this, 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 uh, individual to, to, to help you. Let's go tactical. What did you start? You know, what key hires did you make and say, you know what? I am doing everything. I need to shed X, Y, and Z off my plate. So who did you bring on? How did you organize yourself then? Yeah, so you have to look at strategy mm -hmm. and then you backfill it with tactics. And we knew what our core big bets were going to be. So a lot of it was around technical development, but we were also focused on the public sector space. So we needed an expert in the public sector space that could help educate and allow us to accelerate our business, mm -hmm. right? As a service disabled veteran owned small business, our federal government has a lot of programs to ensure that we could succeed. I needed someone that knew how to do that. So we hired a chief growth officer who was instrumental in helping us grow, but knew tactically mm -hmm. what we needed to do to get where we needed to be strategically. And that allowed us in our first year to continue to grow exponentially. I mean, one month we had to hire over 40 people in one month because of all the work that he won. Mm. So it, it was stressful, but yeah, yeah, but to your point, hire the right people. Right. So, um, very top down approach. You had the strategy, you probably debated over it and you found what that 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 you know, that that future looks like and you kind of work backwards to build. Can you tell us right now, you know, how are you formed presently and, and we even we didn't even cover this. What do you guys do? Yeah, that's that's great. So, <laughs> we do application development. Mm -hmm. Our main platforms are Amazon, AWS, Salesforce, Microsoft, and then we do a lot of integrations of data. So if you're moving an application from one system to another, you have to move the data. Mm -hmm. So we do data integrations. And then we also focus on the uh, leveraging artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, but when you think about what all that means, we also have a service offering that is very focused around contact center solutions. How do we help you as a business owner provide a better customer experience to your client through the use of those technologies. So contact center solutions. And 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 from what I remember from our previous conversation, you're, you're about 50-50 with 
government clients and commercial clients. Is that correct? Yeah, it's probably more 70-30 because okay. of um, a lot of the business that we've right, done on right. the government side. So, yeah, we're more like government 70, commercial is about 30. And how are you currently, how have you um, designed your team? What does your org structure look like? Yeah, so we've got actually several different divisions. One is our commercial division focused on uh, putting together our Rocket CX, our contact center solution, and then selling to commercial entities, mm -hmm. uh, large pharma, regulated industries, right? Healthcare, life sciences, um, financial services, et cetera. And then we've got our public sector, which focuses on um, state, local, federal, not-for-profit education. And then we've got what we call our people team. Mm -hmm. And our people team is like like you, right? We, we do a lot of staffing mm -hmm. because what we also found out is people, especially nowadays, they needed a lot of talent. And people were coming to me saying, Marley, do you have so-and-so in your network? Or can you help me with this? And that's when I looked up and said, we're doing too much of this. We, we've got to put some uh, solutions and we've got to put some process around it. And, and we need to let everyone know that we can do this because we are all very networked. Now with, with your own internal team, you, you provide staffing solutions to clients for your internal team. Do you have a talent team for rocket, I rocket data where you're they're they're busy filling roles for you internally? Yes. So our people team is broken up into two areas. Mm -hmm. One is sourcing for other um, organizations. Mm -hmm. And then the second part of our people team is responsible for sourcing our internal hires. Cool. And, and when you do uh, for both internal and for your projects, how do you find what are the key criteria to find that perfect fit? It's a lot of vetting. Mm. Um, you know, what we did through COVID, which is another big lesson that we learned is if the paper checks the box, we can fill the role, mm -hmm. let's do it because right. there was so much demand. But through that process, Friday, it was hard. Like we would see a lot of turnover and we started putting processes in place now that says not only do they check the box on paper, but we've got to do other things, right? If they're a technical person, how do we test their technical acumen and it wasn't just a test that they took that they actually know development right right the other one is more from an internal perspective one of the things that's most important to me is their ability to understand our guiding principles from a culture perspective not only are you smart and you can do development but can you fit culturally mm -hmm. and and some of your guiding principles um you know know your why how do you test for that stuff you know what? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And a lot of the stuff that we do is just gut. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll give you another example. So we were looking for an executive admin mm -hmm. and we probably went through 50 interviews. And when they finally got to me, I, I probably went through a dozen of them. You know, a lot of them check boxes, but I want you as part of our guiding principle. Our last one is be amazing and have fun and smile. Mm -hmm. A big part of what you do is how you check your attitude at the door. And when you come and you show up, are you prepared? Do you have a smile? Do you look like you can have fun? Because that's important to us. And a lot of them didn't. They were just very, you know, straightforward and to the point. And, and you've got to find ways to differentiate yourself. And I, I don't know, like you're doing a lot of um, mm. talent acquisition. Mm. 
do people, is that important to organizations? And then how are they looking for that soft skill, if you will? Yeah. So, um, we, we do, you probably do this already. You just don't know how to, you know, phrase it in the talent acquisition terms or whatnot, or recruiting terms, but it's a lot of behavioral questioning. You know, there's a, there's a, um, there's a bias when you initially walk in and we try to, I try to coach my folks to, to ignore that bias or even challenge that for the first 10 minutes, that initial one minute, you'll you have that bias and then really dig deeper. And we dig deeper through behavioral questioning, the tell me a time when dot, 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 that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we truly try to understand what is the trigger that made you make that decision and what circumstances surrounded that. And that typically we can, we can kind of extract how this person thinks. And if there's a trend as we go through one, one job to the next job, to the previous job, to the job before that, and we just go deliberately down and understand what is the trend. So that's how we do it when we present candidates. I figure you're, you're doing the same thing. When you say gut, that's pretty, that you're, you're figuring that out through data, through, through, you know, talk, asking them these questions and how they're formulating their answers. Yeah. Well, so actually to that point though, yeah. so to, yes, I agree. We do a lot of the behavioral questioning, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's how, what mm -hmm. is the inflection in your voice? Do right. you bring energy or are you a flatliner? So it's more than just behavioral. It's that gut. Are right. you and I going to get along? Are we going to be friends? Are we, you know, not that we have to be friends at work, but are you going to be able to smile and yes. bring a great attitude when you show up to work every day? Yes. Um, I agreed with you. One of the things we talked about before and, and we, you know, we, we mentioned it briefly in our conversation was this honey badger deal. And you're, you're, you are, you are focused, you're driven, you have, you're vicious to protect your team and drive. Um, what is your secret to employee retention? How do you make sure people stay with you? You know what, that's, that's interesting, especially today as a small organization, um, you're, we're competing against big tech companies, mm -hmm. right? Who have benefits that we just can't compete with, you know, pizza ovens and massages that they're, you know, <laughs> my daughter's working for a tech company. I get to hear about all wow. that great stuff that she does. The yeah. Egg, egg napping, egg, egg pods and massages, man. Yes. We just, we can't do that. Yeah. And I think it all comes down to making sure that our employees appreciate, um, working for a small company mm -hmm. and that we manage expectations, right? It's not just, you're going to come in and do development. We wear a lot of different hats. Does that excite you? And then secondly, make sure our managers are taking care of them. Mm -hmm. And we try to do little things like happy hours. And, you know, what we'll do is we'll pick, you know, eight random people and we'll send them pizza on the day that we're doing cool. a happy hour. We'll get them all on the call and just say, meet your friend, you know, meet your colleague. Mm -hmm. right? Here's, here's Freddie who is interested in boxing and then whoop your butt. If you say something, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. People, you know, we also have uh, a girl power hour. Wow. We have all the women in industry or in our uh, organization. We come together once every other month and we just we just shoot the shit. Right. And, and one of them is really passionate about like crocheting. So our next event that we're going to do, we're going to send everyone crochet hooks and yarn. And she's going to get us on wow. a team's call and show us how to do things like that. So 
you just got to think differently. And most importantly, people want to know that we care about them. And is that through, um, you know, setting expectations, communicating? Is that just annual? Is it biannual, quarterly reviews? Do you guys, how do you guys formalize that? Yeah, so our HR manager does an amazing job of making sure that she takes care of our people. We, we communicate on Teams daily. We give uh, every other day um, mission control updates. We have once a month, we do a, a monthly stand-up within the organization so everyone can jump on, understand what direction we continue to move, some big announcements that we have to make. And then, you know what? I randomly call people hmm. every week. Every awesome. week I get on the phone and I will pick someone and usually it's your birthday. <laughs> yeah. And I will call and I will say, hey, Freddie, happy birthday. You know, how are things going? What can we do to improve? And I think that's the other thing that we do as leaders. I've learned so much by asking feedback. Give mm. me some feedback, but be open about it. Right. Because I want to do better and I can't do better with our organization if you can't share that with me. And then I bring a lot of that feedback back to the executive team and say, can we make changes? Does this make sense? Because it makes sense to mm. me for the greater good. So very deliberate, very intentional about building culture. You're not just, hey, this is it. I'm going to do other things and do biz dev. You're checking in. I remember last time you said you spent most of your time on your people building this culture. And yeah. and that's a that's a big priority for you. And that's your secret. Awesome. Any any uh, key roles that you're hiring for at the moment? Um, yeah, share that. Yeah, so we have a lot of roles right now, you know, contact center roles. We've got a lot of Amazon Connect um, development. But if you go to our website, rocketdata.com, spelled rockit, <laughs> data.com, we have a whole list, or even our LinkedIn page, we have a whole list of uh, roles. And currently, I think we have 40 to 50 open headcount right now. So I would encourage anyone that's looking for something, you know, please reach out more than happy to see if there's an opportunity. Awesome. Any advice for a business owner currently attempting to grow and build their team? Yeah, don't give up as hard <laughs> as it gets. Don't give up. Surround yourself with amazing people. I've surrounded myself with a leadership team that knows more than me, who in, encourages me. And I feel like we're just a, a unit that gets mm -hmm. it done. And, you know, have a, just a great network. And if there's ever a moment as a CEO and or founder, when you're out there and the day is hard, pick up the phone and call someone, you know, call like right now, I'm part of the bunker labs thing. I think you it talked about it, but they have a great CEO program. We've made a lot of really good, you know, connections and friends that are uh, walking the same journey and we can relate. And uh, if you can do it, stay the course, find yourself an amazing team. That's my one piece of advice. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, I know lots of veterans, but small business owners in general, they're very reliant, very capable. And, and typically I, I've seen where if we, we hit a wall, a lot of us just like kind of bury our head and say, we're going to do this ourselves. We're going to fix it ourselves. But that's the opposite of what you should be doing. You should be going out 
and and engaging folks and networking and sharing that so people can bring you contacts. Go ahead. Yeah, what you have? No, I was just going to say, boom, you just yeah. nailed it. That yeah. If there is only one lesson learned in entrepreneurship, you have to take what you just said. You need to just write it up on a wall and make sure everyone hears that because you are not alone. But if you can, persevere and go. Be a honey badger. Kick some ass. <laughs> you know, I love talking talent together. Awesome, Marley. Anything I, I missed at the end? No, this was so awesome. Yes. Freddie, thank you so much for the invite. It was a lot of fun. Let's do it again sometime soon. Awesome. Thank you very much. And how can how can people find you? Um, you remember you mentioned Rocket Data and, and whatnot, but yeah. Yeah, find me uh, LinkedIn. You know, go to LinkedIn, look at Rocket Data, follow our page, look at all the great content that we're sharing mm-hmm. out there. Um, and then Marley Anders, A-N-D-E-R-S-C-H. Uh, find me out there on LinkedIn, connect with me, and I am more than happy to to share my experiences. Very cool. All right, to all our listeners, thank you for tuning in. I just want to ask you to subscribe to our newsletter at the link below in the show notes. You can also head over to millspectalent.com and, and check out our job postings. Just know that not all our jobs are posted, so if, if it's not there, something you're looking for is not there, you can apply as a candidate, send us your resume, and perhaps we can help you. If you enjoyed the episode, reach out to us and, and share both the podcast and the job postings with other veteran job seekers you come across. Until next time, go find your 18. team.